0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at Current.Tech. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, Open your account in minutes at Chime.com slash Goals24. That's Chime.com slash Goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A., members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash Disclosures for details. Welcome to Welcome
1: to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
2: Well, welcome everybody. Uh, This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. I am not joined uh, this week by co-host Jim Hedger, as the preamble may have, uh, may have convinced you might be about to happen. But no, uh, Jim Hedger is slacking off this week, um, and he is up at a cottage with his lovely girlfriend. So instead, I have got Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media, who is joining us this 15th of August, 2019. Jeremy, how are you, buddy? Doing outstanding. How about yourself, Dave? I am doing fantastic as, uh, as well. And you know what? I'm going to start with a, with a with a fun thing. Um, you and I uh, both wrote, it, it turns out, and it was just published, I think it was yesterday, the same ebook. So let's, let's start there. We, we always cover news, and I, I've been like stoked to have you on because we, like, we, we published it, and it totally makes sense. It's about uh, basically getting your crap together for, uh, for the holidays because I don't want to get yet another call on like November 8th going, I want to rank for Black Friday. And yet you Uh, will get that call. And yet I will because people didn't read the book or went, Hey, he knows what he's doing. And and no, no, I I did back in, in August. (laughs) Um, But uh, so, so I covered SEO, um, but the, the, the ebook over uh, and available over on, on search engine journal covers a full gambit. What did you, uh, let's, let's start with, what did you
3: cover? Uh, I covered social media, basically, you know, Campaigns, putting together tactics and strategies for using social media to leverage the holidays. Okay, and I mean, our, 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 there's a
2: reason the ebook was published now because uh, everybody who's listening, hoping you're listening live or, or or within a you know sort of a week or two of publication after that, um, th- this this information you know starts to to diminish in value. But um, c- c- can you give us some some insight? What can people be doing what, what groundwork should they be laying right now if they're if they're trying to get ready for, for the holiday season?
3: Well, it depends so which which holiday season are we talking about right like obviously we're, we're in the middle of summer right now uh, which is probably about the time people should be doing what they're planning to do for you know the Christmas holidays kind of getting all of those pieces in place.
2: <laughs> that's funny and that's a really good point because I'm thinking holiday and I'm, I'm visualizing the ebook cover which biased my, my, my take, of course, because it lends itself to yes, the Christmas holidays, huh. but um, okay. So let's, let's go with that. So you want, we're thinking about the holidays as starting on black Friday, basically, like for, for, you know, for e-commerce, it's it, sorry. What, what should people be doing right now socially? And I, I love this because when it comes to social media, you know, I, I bugger about a lot on it, but I don't actually market <laughs> on it that much, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's been like a vehicle for link building or something. So what should people be doing right now on the on the social media front to really pop um, when they're when they're trying to make
3: the sales? Um, well, the f- for right now, you should just be planning for whatever's coming up. Right. So um, I can't think of a holiday that's that's right around us. We've got obviously Halloween coming up in October um, and then Christmas after that. But right now, there's not a lot of activity you could be doing other than kind of laying the groundwork, getting all the pieces together so that when the holiday does roll around, you're not pressed, you're not scrambling and trying to, to get this all done and, and executed at the same time.
2: You know, it's funny you bring that up and it was because it was one of the things now I covered the SEO um, side of things as, as it relates to it. Um, and I was talking about, and it, it's similar to what you're, what you're discussing, here, I was talking about Using specific schemas to make the actual SERP layout pop, right? Like you can get the drop downs using the how-to schema and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, and my advice was copy it all into Notepad documents because you're not going to deploy it now. Because if you deploy it now, some jerk like Dave is going to come in, see what you're doing, and copy it. And <laughs> go, oh, okay. So don't let me do that. And I mean, obviously, you know, I already know to do that, but you know, your, your competitors may not. And so I had a, a very similar. You don't want to have to be scrambling, pulling this together while you're, you've got a million things to do then. So just Mm -hmm. save them all the notepad documents now. And then like a week before you need them, (laughs) absolutely fire them all up there and, you know, and make those requests. So, so I I think we're in agreement and I'm, I'm wondering how many, um, you know, in, in paid search and, and, and a lot of these things where, yeah, you need to, to keep that sort of. You know, you need to keep your presence alive and and that sort of stuff. If you're doing organic SEO, yeah, you need to get your content together and maybe start link building to it now. Um, But yeah, I think it's interesting. A lot of what we would be talking about, you, me, paid search as well, um, would be talking about is, and and a good lesson for, you know, our our listening audience is, even if you don't need a resource right now, even if you're not launching your paid search campaign, even if you're not launching this new content yet, get it done now because mid-November is really busy. (laughs) <laughs> you know especially when you're trying to do as, as you are you're trying to do all the things Jeremy's telling you to do you're trying to do all the things I'm telling you you know you got a you know, hundred pages to do schema for you got a bunch of social media advertising to plan out you got a bunch of engagement
3: to do and you got paid search campaigns all rolling out at once unless you're an enterprise all of this while you're trying to wrap up end of year stuff you're trying to do all the family holidays going to all the parties making all the appearances it's it's madness at that point
2: and then hopefully if it all went well, you've got these pesky, pesky people called clients who you're going to have to serve who really don't care whether you need a little extra time to roll out some schema or social like <laughs> programs, right? So, um, yeah, it'll leave you that flexibility down the road to sort of, you know, relax and, and, and actually focus on your clients when when you need to focus on. I found it interesting that, yeah, you and I had a lot of the same advice. There are things you, in, in SEO you need to do now, but… Um, I, I, did find it interesting that, you know, we both had that same sort of approach of, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that you're not going to deploy now, but just get the hard work done because, you know, it's, it's summer and unless you have back to school stuff, you probably have a little bit of a, you know, break right now where you could be, uh, you could be getting stuff done so that, uh, when the holidays come, you can focus on sales and you can focus on money.
3: Yeah. And the beauty of all this is once you've got this rough framework in place, right? Like it might change from year to year, but this is something you can, you can utilize over and over every single year going forward. It might require little tweaks here and there, but it's in place now.
2: Yeah. And do you do that? Like, I I know I do. I have campaigns where I can basically at this point, you know, especially in paid search where I can go, okay, well, here's my, you know, Labor Day 2018. And that was 2017 before and i just updated things and you know took advantage of you know whatever new features came but yeah i mean that's a great point is once you've done it once now you can sort of go okay copy that campaign go through it add new features in as they were available you know change the images or whatever but the basic premise of the campaign is going to be the same so you can just sort of piggyback off all that hard work you're doing so for a lot of our listeners uh buckle up because this is going to be the hardest year (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if, you, if, you if you haven't got these campaigns set up in the past, um, now we're going to go opinion because I've, I've got you here and I, I can count. I believe me, and, and our regular listeners will know because I've referenced
3: you a few times. I can count on you to have an opinion. Uh, <laughs> well, that's a that's a that's a fair point, and I feel the same about you. <laughs> it's like we
2: argue on Facebook or something. Uh, uh, no, discuss rationally. Well, at least yes. I do. I don't know about you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um should our what do you think is is the importance and it's probably going to vary sector by sector um but about overlap would you suggest um that our 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 listeners who are who are you know sort of about to launch in focus on one thing do it well and then add in something new next year um you know or would they be better to diversify maybe the low like let's assume that over if they wanted to do everything a hundred percent it would take a hundred hours but they've only got twenty right like right. do they focus or do they do good work but just in you know i'm only going to sell these categories across all you know uh, across all the different channels right like and and this is totally opinion and it's case by case but what would you what would your instinct tell you for most people like if you were just selling blue widgets and you were like all right well i'm not going to be selling red widgets this year
3: (laughs) right? so I, i guess that comes down to some variables right like do you sell red widgets or do you only sell blue widgets right and i suppose do you only sell blue widgets for you know home or for business right like yeah, yeah right right so like if if you've got you know i'm a big fan of dominating whatever you do so what you might do is like let's say all that you sell is blue widgets you don't have any desire to ever sell red widgets well then yeah go and take that and you know do this across all channels social media paid organic everything and just dominate it. If you sell a whole bunch of things, like let's say you're a, a general retailer of some sort and you're selling all kinds of different things, if you go and you just try to drive one product really well, there's a pretty good chance your competitors are going to follow what you've done th- this year, hmm. next year. So, you know, I, it kind of comes down to how aggressive do you want to be because people are going to copy you. Right. Right. And that's it's it's funny because, yeah, that was exactly my like, OK, you're
2: putting this scheme in. Don't be copy. Right? <laughs> and I guess that is what it boils down to. And so it sounds to me like your answer is, well, um, find an extra 80 hours because yeah. you need to just absolutely trump this thing.
3: Yeah. Right? I mean, whatever you're going to do, I, I'm always of the mindset. You and I have had a lot of discussions about this kind of stuff. I'm of the mindset of you just do it as big as you possibly can and just make everyone else irrelevant. So that's kind of how right. I how I approach things. And,
2: you know, And it makes a lot of sense. I think we would get into a very different discussion um, if we hadn't. And maybe uh, maybe we'll haul one on uh, next week or something. Then I'll grab you back to, to continue this discussion is the only area where I can see that being a real challenge, like in, in search, you're limited by resources, but that really means time it would be if, if I only had $5,000 in the bank, but really, you know, putting the pedal to the metal on paid search was going to take me $80,000. Well, then I'm you probably not going to take out loans to find it on the risk of my business, or, or maybe you would, right? Like there you get into different.
3: Well, uh, that, you know, I think a good analogy here is, you know, you do a lot more PPC than I do, and you made a great uh, kind of explanation of at a certain point, it's purely a numbers game. So you've got some clients that, that own it, right? Like once you get to a certain point, you basically make it impossible for other people to compete, right? And that's kind of a similar concept here.
2: Well, and that is true. Yeah, I guess I, I probably chatted about that on the show. Like, yeah, you hit a point where once you're dominant, and to your point, it's important to dominate, now you can just start bidding to break even, right, which nobody else can because they all need to make money. And you just bid to break even because then they don't have money and they go bankrupt. <laughs> like, it is basically what, what happens to, to the competition around you. And it's the advantage of being a leader is you can go, well, I don't need the profit, so I'm just going to make sure you don't. <laughs>
3: and, in a nutshell
2: uh, yeah in a nutshell um all right now we we've got uh, we got different stories and we can sort of go sort of go um you know back and forth one uh, you know depending on on what we want to want to chat with here um you know one I, I i don't know if you were you were following this one um and it involves uh well actually i've got two stories sort of sitting in front of me and i'm like oh both are paid search and both of them are pretty cool but um one that's that's more of PSA that I just, our, our listening audience will, will need to know about. Um, as of September 30th, so just a little more than a month away now, uh, you have to say goodbye um, and it be to, uh to the average position in Google Ads. Um, so, hey, I, I know you do do paid search. What, what do you
3: think? Like, I, I, I think it's sort of a bit of a blessing that it's going away, but... Do you? I So, I haven't... I've, I've seen the headline on the article. I didn't really dig too deep into it yet. What's the logic behind getting rid of that?
2: Gotcha. What they uh, what they did, and, and for, for our listeners here, um, and this would go back, I don't know, you know, you, it, 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 listeners forgive me if you were a regular listener you'll know it's probably within the last couple months but it's all sort of blending into like this like heap of news on, on paid search that, uh, that that keeps coming um, is that Google had added absolute top search impression share top search impression share they already had the search impression share but basically started adding some different metrics in um, with the announcement that eventually at some point this year we're going to be taking away average position um, the reason being and, and you know what you, you've seen this in search console i'm sure a hundred times um, where you're, you're rooting through your search console and you're looking and you go wow i rank for like seo number one like that's just incredible and then you look and you go oh i had one impression like google just misfired somewhere and you know there's dave's site ranking number one for the term seo not really, It was a misfiring on on one impression. I shouldn't rank for that generic term. I don't rank for that generic term. And that's what they were finding was happening on paid search was it was showing you your average position, but you're only showing up 0.8% of the time for that query. So really, it's not an accurate reflection of how your, your keyword is doing. Um, so they ended up replacing it with absolute top search impression share, top, so above the fold search impression share, um, and then just impression chair to go, if you want to know how often you're at the top, here it is. If you want to know how often you're number one, here it is. And if you want to know how often you appear, here it is. Um, as opposed to sort of a, a quasi misleading metric, which I found uh, fairly helpful, like uh, managing a, a number of campaigns and looking through and going, okay, right? We're, we're actually bidding to be number one. Um, and we were appearing as if we were like, position one, 1.2, somewhere in there for certain queries. And then when we were looking at the absolute top going, Oh, only about 60% of the time. Right. And then other times we obviously just weren't appearing at all. So it was appearing as if we were stronger, more strongly placed. um, than we were, if I was making a decision though, as Google, I mean, like they did with keywords, I think they're going, we're just taking away the shiny thing that's going to distract you and, and you know, and, and you're not doing what we want you to do. So pay attention to the metrics we're, we're making. I don't know how they're making money off this, but I think you and I can agree. Somewhere they're making money off this. I don't know how. <laughs>
3: well, it, you're talking about where they removed keywords from GA. A while well, back. yeah, when they, which was just a a train wreck. But well, that, train wreck. We all got used to it. But <laughs> well, you know, they they cited privacy concerns, but all of that data is still available in in paid ads. So, yeah, that was a a horseshit answer.
2: (laughs) Well, I know. And uh, Tom Craver would come out with an article not two hours later. And I mean, Tom Craver, bright guy, um, but probably not as bright and knowledgeable about the internal workings of privacy at Google as, say, I don't know. 30,000 Google employees, many of which have doctors in computer science, right? (laughs) This is a good group. And he had come out like two hours later going, and here's how they could do that and maintain the privacy. So it was, it was a bit of a a BS um, in, in my not quite humble opinion. Um, But at the, at the end, I did find it, it, it accomplished what they wanted, right? Like we're less prone to chasing a specific keyword um, and more prone to chasing the global understanding of how traffic is flowing through our site, right? Like, okay, more or less they're all coming through here and, and off they go. Um, That's a fair point. Yeah. You know, which is good and bad because I, I did find it helpful when I was, you know, and as soon as it launched, I started splitting stuff out immediately. But when I could go, okay, I'm going to take my branded traffic and I'm going to pull that out right, or or just look at my branded, right, and go, okay, like, I don't need to know my whole page as a whole, and go, oh, organic traffic to this page, you know, bounces at, you know, whatever, 10%, that's fantastic, okay, but if I pull the branded out, it's actually bouncing at, like, 70, right, or whatever, right, like, whatever the metrics are, Um, you know, it's helpful to know that We, we don't really have that data anymore, which is unfortunate, but, Um, you know, if that's, if that's the big problem that, that we face as marketers, we're doing okay as marketers, it was helpful information, but, um, you know, not necessarily,
3: Yeah, (laughs) it's not the end of the world.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Um, and another one coming out, um, and this one, I, I know the news, I find it interesting, uh but i haven't explored it much and i know we got a nebraska's like about to probably give us a hook here to to take a break. So i'll just close on this one because it's like a like a one minute or and then we'll we'll come back to to bigger um you know conversation points. Um but for our listeners you can read more about it over at uh, search engine journal Matt Southern who's covering just all sorts of stuff these days and especially in paid search. Um had written an article uh, this is just from a few days ago on the 12th um, and it's on Google Ads optimization score. Um, now includes shopping campaigns. So for those running shopping campaigns, if you don't and you have products and you can put them into a feed and feed them to shopping, I speak from experience here, folks. Uh, do it. <laughs> um, I, I've got campaigns where yeah, it's it, it's sort of the Bing, except easier to manage. Where it's it's not providing the same traffic as search, but the conversion rate is so much higher that, you know, I've got campaigns where $30 per acquisition is great. And the campaign's doing $30 per acquisition and these things are coming in only accounting for 10, 15%, but they're coming in at a, you know, $12 acquisition rate. So, um, you know, it's, it's fantastic stuff. Um, and now their optimization scores um, are going to include shopping campaigns. So basically Google's going to provide you more information on how to give them more money um, as they do as a perk in this one, they, they do tend to be uh, pretty all right in it. Um, and we'll come back after the break and, and I'm, we're going to get into a, a discussion um, about sort of the ethics on Google um, and <laughs> because we're sort of heading there and them just making money and whether it's ethical for them to reach out to clients of agencies um, and start telling them what their agency Uh, may or may not be doing wrong so we're going to come back to that after the break so that's going to be an interesting conversation for for jeremy and i uh but in the meantime we have to pay some bills just like google does um so we'll be back in just a couple minutes this is dave davies from beanstalk internet marketing joined by jeremy Knopf from spartan media on the 15th of august 2019 we'll be right back after these messages
1: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. will be back after this short break. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Danticat, Taya Obrecht, Julie Oranger, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell. Plus, authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Koppelitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Powers. George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit
3: MiamiBookFair.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress. Powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on wpengine.com.
1: Webmaster We're everywhere. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dave Davies from
2: Beanstalk Internet Marketing, joined by Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media here on Webcology on Webmaster Radio. Uh, Joe, before we we headed to uh, to a commercial break, um, I alluded to a issue with uh, with Google. So I'm going to start there, and then Jeremy, you um, had brought up over in a, in a side chat that uh, that we have during the you know, during, during the show so that our listeners don't have to listen to a stumble very much like this last, uh, 15 seconds has been on, on on sort of my end, uh, inadvertently. Um, now it's interesting. This is going back to August, um, night that this story was first reported. So the day after our, our last show, um, and Google ads has, uh, what is it? Uh, Gil, I, I may have mispronounced that, um, Gildner um, had emailed out um, as to why Google ads was emailing their clients saying we denied to take down updates. Um, They're emailing clients about, um, you know, sort of where an agency is involved and it's really clear, right? Like you can, you can see whether there's, there's an agency involved there. It's, it's, you know, right in the, in the user settings Um, and, and about them not moving to automated bidding and speaking from experience, I can say, there are times where automated bidding sucks. Like I, 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 you know, got my Google wrap and we'll be going through stuff and they'll be like, you should go to automated billing and I'll go, uh, or automated bidding. Uh, no, you know, we've tried it on this campaign and it's horrible. Um, you know, so there are times when it's bad. What do you think? I mean, I, 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 pretty sure I know Jeremy, what you, what you think about this, but (laughs) what do you think about Google emailing the clients of agencies and telling them basically calling out the agency um, you know, and, and making them answer a bunch of potentially unnecessary questions or is there the other side where there's some really crappy agencies and, and you've met them and so have I, that really need to be called out and, and maybe this is you know, how Google needs to do it. What do you, what do you think?
3: Dave, you know exactly what I think on this. <laughs> but our, our, our listening audience might not know. Yes. What you- <laughs> so, there's merit to the last part of that where you know you you mentioned that there are agencies that are not not doing well not performing well but i don't think that's i don't think that's generally the case what i found is a lot of times these people these google reps that are contacting the client directly they're coming in with really low level recommendations that aren't necessarily good for the client and the I'm more bothered, not so much by the fact that they're doing this, but more by the fact of kind of how they tried to throw that agency under the bus. Um, I can't for the life of me remember where that article was. I know it was an SEJ thing somewhere.
2: Yeah. And um, it was from about a week ago. So yeah, it's not on the first page anymore, but
3: right. Uh, but um, the, way, the way they had worded that email, it was just really kind of, I felt like it was dripping with condescension and just kind of throwing the agency under the bus when, We don't know if if there was any merit to that, whether or not that would have been an effective thing for that particular client.
2: Well, and that's a a very valid point. And we've got, you know, your Google ads and written into the email, just to give our our listening audience sort of a a context of the severity of this. And hey, if you're a Google ads manager, you know, watch out. Um, You know, this is so-and-so, your Google um, ads account manager tried reaching your agency to provide the important updates missing in the account. They've denied to take down... The update which might affect your performance um, so yeah I mean they're, they're really calling out this agency I don't know the specific issues that they're talking about I know this wasn't an isolated case um, and like you I mean I don't even know the time frame that they're dealing with here um, you know and and they're not wording it in such a way as to go you may want to talk to your agency about that um, you know they they're basically going and this you know this this Google rep is coming in going and give me a number that I can reach you at, and then I'll, I'll talk you through this, just sort of going right around uh, the agency themselves. So mm-hmm. this is a huge problem I would get coming in with a, you know, pleasant one. I've actually taken over campaigns, you you very well may have too, where they've still left some legacy agency involved from like two years ago, right? Like we, we've all taken over, probably everybody sure. certainly has run to, you know, whether it's analytics or whatever, whether it's like, okay, here's an SEO you worked with six years ago. Um, So I do get maybe eventually after a few tries reaching out to the client, go, you might've just left that agency in there, right? Like the agency might not be responding because agency is out of business or isn't your client or you're not their client anymore. Um, But yeah, throwing them under the bus like this is, is horrible, which, which leads to, well, you, you brought it up. So I'm going to let you introduce it a piece by when we need to, to mention him. And there's one other name, which, which we'll bring up in a little bit, but we're starting to mention Roger Monty. You know, virtually every episode here. Yeah. There's one other name that our listeners will be waiting for. It's okay, it's coming. Um, <laughs> so, you, you you had brought uh, brought up a story as as a discussion point from Roger. What's the story and and what's Roger saying? Uh,
3: so basically, this was about white hat versus black hat um, SEO, and he touched on some really great points. This is kind of something that I've always felt as well. You know, we've had this debate going in the SEO community for pretty much since the beginning of time where, you know, white hat for those who are not familiar is where you're doing everything 100% by Google's guidelines. Black hat is basically anything that does not follow all of Google's guidelines. Now, the thing is, if you're doing the things that are actually required in order to rank, such as building links, then automatically by default, you're you're not following Google's guidelines because you're not supposed to seek links. You're just supposed to, and there's a big set of finger quotes here, build amazing content and all the automatically, all the links are just going to come pouring in. Uh, we all know that's bullshit. That's not how it's how it works. Um, and what you really think there, Jeremy, I know I, I'm a subtle kind of guy, Dave, you know, but it comes down to, he, there was a really important aspect of his article though. And I, I encourage everyone to check it out. It's a great article. It goes really in depth on all of this stuff, but one aspect of it that I think is particularly important is white hat versus black hat is irrelevant. But what does matter is a term from the medical community. Some of you may have heard of informed consent. I think that applies in this because it's okay to, to use tactics that violate Google's webmaster guidelines. In some cases, that's a risk versus reward scenario, as far as I'm concerned. But if you're doing it for a client, you have to make sure that they understand the risks.
2: You know, and I, I think that's a great point. And it's one we've sort of touched on and we touch on occasionally. Like I, I, I got my start back in, in, in SEO and I don't know, it was like 2000, 2001 as an affiliate marketer. My risk tolerance was incredibly high because I had a job. This was just what I was doing on the side. And I had for every site that I burnt to the ground, I had 12 more coming up behind it. That was affiliate marketing in like the early 2000s. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it was done. And, you know blog and forum you know spam work still as a link building strategy and i wrote scripts to do that for me right? like it was it was <laughs> totally the way um it was done and you're right it, it didn't i had informed consent and google's guidelines aren't a law right like it, it's it's guidelines for existing on the search engine named google they get to make their own rules this is their property fair enough but I'm not going to get arrested for violate. I mean, OK, they got some, you know, I'm sure there are some exceptions you could dig up if you're a lawyer and go, yeah, this is actually violating not just Google's guidelines, but other laws.
3: But assuming you're not breaking other laws in this, you know, well, it, regulations or something. Right. As long as you're not hacking to put a, to put a link on another website, there's right. not really any law you could be breaking.
2: No, exactly. So off you go. Right. Like this, this is up to you. And I, I love the way you put that. It's informed consent. I fully knew what I was doing. I watched websites go to like three, four, thousand dollars a month in revenue and then like 12 the next month. Right? <laughs> that happened. Um, and that was totally acceptable because I had other sites coming up behind it. I was, it was acceptable for me, but as soon as I started a company, now all of a sudden that changed. Right now, I'm not just, you know, running scripts to build like forum spam. (laughs) That's not going to work anymore. You know, I mean, I was testing scripts like fire, you know, hide content or change content for different search engines and feed different content in because keyword density mattered. That's not for clients. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, although admittedly, and, and, uh, you know, I'm not taking a high road here. I did have clients coming for specific services that involved. Um, you know, using scripts like that. And would I do it? Well, I did. Right. And so that was it, but it was, they were coming for that very, very specific (laughs) thing. They knew what they were doing. Um, And I quite honestly, having not been an affiliate marketer for a while at that point went, Oh fun. I get to play around with cool toys again. Right. Like because black hat, especially in this day and age is a very, very interesting um, you know, I don't know very much about it anymore but I keep watching the technology and go, okay, if I was
3: trying to be black hat, it's
2: really hard now. <laughs>
3: it, it, it really is. And you'd be surprised what still works though. But but you know what? I, I
2: probably would. I probably wouldn't. We probably shouldn't tell people. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no, we won't. <laughs> it's like, here's a bunch of things you can still get away with. Meanwhile, Google's probably sitting listening going, okay, oh, yeah, if you could let us know, that'd be, That'd be fantastic. Um, yeah, you're right. It's it's a, it's a good read and it's an important discussion to have. Um, and it is valid. Like we all think, you know, I'm a white hat SEO. No, as soon as you utter the word, according to to John Mueller from Google, and these are the people responsible for the guidelines. So they get to make this statement because we're talking about their guidelines. Mm -hmm. As soon as you say link building, you're no longer white hat, right? That's just, that's it. Right. As soon as you're going to build a link, you're no longer White Hat. Right. Like somehow I should be able to start with a brand new site with no history, no trust, um, and, you know, and, and and nothing around it. And I should just be able to build it with a few pieces of great content and the links are gonna like magically flow. I don't know what it's ranking for, the links are gonna flow to even get found, but there we go, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, Right. It's a classic chicken and egg scenario. Right. Like if they can't find you, how are they going to link to you in the first place?
2: Right. And believe it or not, for, for our listeners, it's not field of dreams. You can't just build it and they will come. Right. Like that's just not the way this this works out. Um, so you're right. It, it is varying degrees of, of gray. So I guess it becomes you can become a, a dark gray or light gray SEO. but you're probably going to fall somewhere in there unless you really are just a very specialized seo right like i only do content well okay you know what you might be able to actually call yourself a white hat seo all you're doing is producing good content Uh, but somewhere in that agency it took a what we would now consider gray or black hat it took one of them
3: <laughs> to get the job actually done and get that ball rolling to begin. with. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I think this touches on a bigger, a bigger topic though. And that's kind of how Google is trying to control all aspects of the internet from top to bottom and always possible. And they're they seem to be really screwing up a lot of things lately. Uh, <laughs> Okay. And, and, and i I'm interested to hear where you're going because there's so
2: many directions that this conversation can go from here
3: well, I mean, you look at you know we talked about the whole black hat versus white hat, the Google guidelines, et cetera, but then if you look at they're constantly violating their own guidelines first of all, so you know that's one huge factor. but if we start looking at how they're how they're using data, what they're compiling on you. What things they're choosing to show or not show? You know, you've got some people who you know claim that there's no political bias in Google, and and there's demonstrable evidence that that's not true. Uh, There was actually a PhD, I forget his name. He he had studied Google for like six years and compiled massive data. We're not talking just search; we're talking a whole across a whole plethora of of Google services. Um, So, what they're building is this massive platform where they control everything Um, which aside from the privacy concerns, there's a whole bunch of other issues there as well. But the problem seems to be also that they're, they're dropping the ball in a lot of areas. I've been compiling a list of recent articles of some of the mistakes that they've been making. You know, we had all these indexing bugs we had, you know, GMB listings just disappearing, all kinds of things like that. So I think they're, they're drifting quite far off of their original focus, and they're trying to do too many different things, and that's screwing them as a result.
2: Well, you know what? That's a very interesting point. And something that I think you know is, is worth mentioning, and it's for our listeners as, as much as anybody else, is we talk about bias in, in media a lot. Like I, I know on the show it's come up a number of times, you and I have certainly... Had our discussions over, and I don't think we really ever disagree on this one. Um, you know, uh, albeit we're probably seeing the issue from, from completely different, um, you know, sort of sides. But I think the idea of saying, just in, inherently, in any, uh, you know, man made structure, you know, and, and, and this is what we're dealing with when we're dealing with Google, Facebook, whatever, mm-hmm. you have engineers building algorithms to determine and rank what is good over what is not and determining what deserves to be a priority. Now, even if they are writing it to be unbiased, right? I'm going to wait in, you know, links and like, okay, we're going to go to simplistic. These don't work. So please folks don't take any of what I'm saying as, as any kind of algorithm. We're going to look at links and we're going to look at the use of keywords on the page and in the title and in the H1, right? Like we're, we're going to build this in there and then we're going to tweak some settings so that we end up with, you know, the, the, the top, you know, the best rising to the top. There is a built in bias because whether you build that system to be sort of, you know, unbiased or not, at some point, those results need to be judged. And even if instructed to be unbiased, we are all biased. Right. So you would have to basically have, you know, 100 people from and I'm going to go to political stuff because that's where the discussion comes in. You're going to need (laughs) like 50 people from Huffington Post. 50 people from CNN, 50 people from Fox and 50 from the blaze. And when they can all agree on what that top 10 should look like (laughs) like, as an unbiased set of results, then you would end up with some fair judge and then the engineers could then program, you know, that in there. But until then you end up with, even if it's built to be unbiased, there has to be some point where it's, judged and even if the judge is users the fact that the to to go political again that the republicans and democrats would potentially search slightly differently because of where they're located geographically whatever the, the you know whatever it is that makes them search differently more generic results will still favor one or the other based on user patterns, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't build in an, an unbiased system. And I think that's the point that ends up surfacing a lot, whether we believe Google that they build it to be unbiased or not is it's going to be tainted by what those engineers and and, and the users in specific demographic areas or, or whatnot, it's going to be skewed by all of these other signals and it in the end will not be unbiased whether it was intentional or not it will right. not be biased at the end because that's just that's just the way these things work and 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 that's i mean it would be like counting on you know dave was born with nothing in his head well i'm heavily biased now <laughs> you and i've had discussions i have a lot of biases on like what i think the world should be um you know and, and, and that's I, normal human
3: nature we all do Well, exactly. Exactly. So, and that's
2: large complex systems and don't even get me started on what AI is going to, going to end up doing to that as well. Right. We've already seen
3: the disastrous outcome that can come from that.
2: (laughs) Um, Now, what do you think? And I don't know if we're going to have an interesting, um, you know, sort of conversation. I know we have to sort of be brief because we need to take another commercial break, but um, Greg Sterling wrote over on search engine land, um, the FTC breaking up Google, Facebook to restore competition is on the table. They're not actually saying, you know, we're not far down this path, but it's actually something that is the the words came out, right? Which right. Is, is a first. What, what do
3: you think? I don't I don't agree with that. You know that I'm uh, I'm a big fan of the free market. I think people will choose to move away from these platforms. uh, If they feel like they're not getting uh, what they want out of it, they're not getting the kind of results they they're, they're being treated unfairly, whatever it is, people are going to move away from the systems that are not in their interest. So I'm not a fan of government intervention in most cases. And that's, that's the case here. I don't, I don't feel like the government coming in and breaking up a company is necessarily a good solution, but we are starting to see a lot of people who are, distancing themselves from from google and google products um in fact i just interviewed uh, joel calm a couple weeks ago on my podcast about this and he's actually separating his entire business from google because of some of these practices we're starting to see a lot of people do that we're starting to see people start to use uh like brave as a browser because it's a privacy-based system uh uh duck, duck go very much privacy oriented search you know you're starting to see these other competitors there was an article uh, i think matt wrote it matt southern about tiktok rolling out their own search engine so we're starting to see other opportunities outside of google and i think that's the solution ultimately no
2: and you you bring up an interesting point and you know facebook's included in this well i use facebook a lot and you know what i'm a 46 year old parent like, like, I absolutely am supposed to. I am that demographic that does, and so do most of the people that I know. Why? Because we're all in that same group. You know who doesn't use Facebook? My kids. Right? right. So, you're right. Like, should it be broken up? I don't know. You can just wait this one out another decade. <laughs> <laughs> and that problem solves itself. So, to, to your point, and... and it's an interesting one. We can disagree on, on a lot of things even related to the government or whatnot. We won't on this show because it's webcology. Maybe we'll have a political <laughs> argument after. Um, but yeah, on this one, I, I absolutely agree. These are, it's a, it's a corporation. They have the rights to do what they're doing. We, you know, with within some, some certain guidelines which already exist. Right. Um, and if they're not serving their users, like Facebook doesn't serve my kids and, and they're pretty much their generation, it will just... Go away! Um, all right, we're going to take a commercial break, and then we're going to come back with some more interesting stories. And, and uh, you know, we'll we we'll maybe leave politics. I, I, I can't help it, folks. Oh, you, you know, Jeremy and I, uh, you'll know it's it's like it's like the Godfather. Try and get out, and I'll be pulled back into a political argument, um, <laughs> which is half the reason why uh, why you're one of my close friends. Um, but in the meantime, you'll have to wait two minutes for that while we uh, pay some bills here at Webology on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Joined by Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media. We'll be back in just a couple minutes.
1: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening
2: of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark Visit intendedpodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences, marketing on purpose. Rankings. Let top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com,
1: the independent authority on search vendors. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Here are the hosts Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back,
2: everybody. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, joined by Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media as Jim Hedger slacks off, uh, over at a, uh, cottage on the 15th of August, 2019. Uh, Jeremy, we got a few directions we can go, and I know we only have, uh, you know, probably eight, nine minutes here left to do it. Um, one of the stories I know I wanted to jump to because I find it interesting. Um, and I'm going to be really interested to see what, uh, what this does to our stats, both in, in paid search, um, you know, dealing with the search impression share we were talking about earlier, um, a- as well as what it does for, for Search Console stats. Um, over on SE Roundtable earlier today, I promised my folks you'd hear the name. Here it is, uh, Mr. Barry Schwartz. Um, had published a piece on search, uh, Google's testing more pagination options. He alluded to this a few days ago. Well, not alluded to it. He posted some screenshots, That's hardly alluding. Um, he had posted some screenshots of some tests of basically some, some endless scroll or just options like you would uh, see on mobile, um, with the more results, basically creating just a, a cascading page of results, um, as opposed to. Um, you know, the go to page two, go to page three results we're seeing. Now, Jeremy, what do you think? Do you think, let's just talk organically here. Um, do you think this is going to help those sites on page two? Like we used to always say, you know, where do you hide a dead body on page two of the Google search results, right? Um, you know, what, do you think this might help them make it, make users scroll a little further? Again, we're not going to talk about ads and whether that'll help them, but do you think it might help people who are in position 11 and 12?
3: <laughs> actually nope. start to get some traffic I, I have my theories but until we see it in practice I don't think we'll really have any definitive answers um, I feel like kind of the same way that you got Facebook right how many times you've been sitting there scrolling and like you're not looking at anything that really matters you're just scrolling because you can keep scrolling so right. I think potentially it could it could open up some exposure past the uh, you know the first page that people might not otherwise see but on that same note, maybe the maybe the content after that first page is going to be garbage anyway so they're just going to find what they need and and stick with that
2: indeed and i think something you bring up a really interesting point and this is a new thing and i hadn't actually thought about it but as soon as you started talking about facebook i'm like oh it's going to be again is like you hit the nail on the head i'm guessing i have no real idea it's not like i got a bat phone and call google up and go why are you doing this what's going to happen (laughs) um you know but One of the things that you made me start thinking about that I find interesting with this endless scroll is in part, it'll probably be query dependent. When I immediately heard this story and even while I was like starting to talk about it right now, I was thinking of most of the queries I run. Well, I'm an SEO, right? Most of the queries I run are task dependent. I'm either like checking out a ranking for a client or I'm looking to accomplish a job. Rarely am I just buggering about, right? And going, oh, okay. I'm going to like punch this in and then just scroll and see You know, what's there of this thing that I'm actually interested in? Um, Ironic, because, you know, as an SEO, I I don't really tend to use the web like most people do. Um, (laughs) So so we're kind of skewed in that one. Um, But yeah, you brought up an interesting, like with all their SERP layout changes. Yeah, if I was just looking up, you know, cat memes or funny cat videos or or whatever, would I just scroll and then wait until one of the images jumps out at me and goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to click to that yeah my, my likelihood's probably pretty high when I'm going why am I getting a right screen a white screen on WordPress probably not whichever one answers my question first that's like that's where I'm stopping I'm not scrolling right like, right. okay let's try number one let's move to number two basically my client's website is down and I'm just seeing a big white screen the, the, can you tell I'm drawing from experience in a recent query <laughs> but I had to run where it was not about scrolling to find something fun. It was about scrolling to find a solution. And most of my queries are like that. So that will be interesting. So um, it would be curious to see if there's any tests. Um, and if not, you know, like I'm saying this, I should probably just go, hey, I can probably collect this data, uh, but not on as large scale as, as maybe some of the others can and go, okay, with different query types. If this rules out of data and they actually do this, what does How does this impact different queries um, in in different ways and and is there a benefit to being on you know, or is there well not a benefit but I guess a benefit to this change for you people who might be on in, in page two and um you know what is the the impact on that on click through rates as it relates to queries with sort of more entertainment intent as opposed to um, you know task or or, or information uh, retrieval intent so
3: yeah that's a great perspective i I definitely think that the the type of search will play a role in whether or not this changes anything
2: yeah and and you know you you brought up a really like it's it's yeah as soon as you likened it to facebook i'm like right right because i do i just scroll and scroll and scroll to see what people are doing because i'm interested in it right because Mm. that's where i go when i'm bored and looking to be entertained not google um but i have kids who who do they spend it on google or youtube right or whatever um one of the an interesting piece of news that is um, wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's from John Mueller. It's it's one of those cases, and we talk about this a lot on the show, right? Where you're you're right, but you're wrong, right? We if you listen to to somebody from Google, it, it can almost be dangerous because if so. You,
3: is is right? there a is there a term for this kind of news, Dave?
0: <laughs> I, don't,
2: I don't know. There there probably should be, um, but I'm not going to say the one that I think you want me to <laughs> say. <laughs> uh, Google's John Mueller was right, but wrong. Um, so he was saying the right thing, but it can be interpreted wrong because there are exceptions. This is where I feel sorry for Google with like, but we're being technically right. You're listing the exceptions. Yes, but it's important to know your exception. Um, so John back on the 12th, and this was again, uh, you know, talk about from we'll mention him again, Matt Southern, um, submitting redirect URLs for indexing doesn't make sense. Okay. That's, that's, that's fine. Basically what he's meaning is, you know what? We're going to get to it. Yes. Yes. That, that, that's true. They will get to it. So if I was say, just moving a blog post that really doesn't matter on my site, right? Would I bother going over to search console, and submitting it? No, I would. not So that's what he's talking about here, right? Like it, it where it actually doesn't matter. Now, I was dealing with a massive, massive issue with a client where pages were being seen wrong, redirects weren't being picked up. There was obviously some sort of identity association that related to entities because wrong schema had been used and and stuff like that. Yes, we sped that recovery up dramatically (laughs) by controlling which pages um, were being crawled fastest. Basically, we were prioritizing the pages. Um, that, that were being that were, that were being discovered as redirects. We were we were basically making sure Google learned it faster, and it did. So would it have happened anyway? Yes. So John is right. But folks, if you're in a pinch <laughs> and you've got a sort of catastrophe, or you've got an incredibly important page, I speak from experience. You can speed up the discovery of the redirect and the passing of the weight um, by by submitting it through this search console. Um, all right, well, I guess, thanks Brasco. Um, I guess that's Brasco giving us the hook. Happens every week. We've gone full circle here on uh, on Webcology. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me um, this week. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and I'm sure we'll argue uh, some more in, in five minutes. Um, <laughs> this is Dave Davies from Dean Stock Internet Marketing joined by Jeremy Knopf on Spartan Media. Um, you can follow them. Can you give uh, folks your, your Twitter handle?
3: Uh, shoot. Uh, just look me up, Jeremy, off. I forget what the exact handle is. but I... <laughs> Perfect.
2: <laughs> Perfect. Um, and uh, we look forward to joining you, I guess, next week. I'll be uh, joining from Whistler, BC, and Jim Hedger will be uh, behind the wheel again. Uh, until then, have a safe week. See you soon.